0: Welcome to another episode of Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spech. Hello. So, Derek, the question you hate every week?
1: <laughs> you absolutely hate every week? Maybe I shouldn't ask it. I'm trying to get prepared for this now. Yeah? I'm thinking ahead. It's only taking 18 months. Hey, Derek, what's new? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't really have much new, but I, do, we, I did want to do a little quick update. Like, last week, I talked about a bug zapper light that, uh, I came across on Ex- ExploreMag web- website. So they were, they, they got this load of stuff in and there it's a, uh, it's a camping lantern. It's a rechargeable lantern and it, uh, has a bug zapper built into it. So I've got it here with me and mm-hmm. it uh, arrived today in the mail. I was pretty excited about it. So it's, uh, it's uh, got a decent light on it. It's got a lot of power. We, uh, we, me and Sean tried it out earlier in his, uh, in his backyard, and uh, it zaps bugs pretty good. Big bugs. Big bugs, yeah. It won't do black flies. I think black flies are too small. You have to span the little wires to fry the bugs. So we fried a few moths and a few bugs. There wasn't too many mosquitoes in his backyard. But, uh, and there was the little
0: tiny bugs that crawl underneath yeah, the wire just, and they're just taunting you. They were freely crawling yeah. amongst and the look wire. look at us inside of here. Those are generally <laughs> adrenaline junky bugs.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sean refused to stick his tongue onto the zapper surface. So we don't really know what kind of power it has. Apparently but, uh, I'm not allowed to do that it, anymore. It killed some flies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You know what? I wouldn't hang it outside my trailer.
1: No, because it's not powerful enough to clear your campsite. No. But it it's be got thin- a good light on it. It's got a good light. Yeah, I think it would be fantastic for an intent light and uh, and bug zapper because, like, as as my experience uh, when we went camping with the kids this summer, the uh, up in Algonquin Park, the uh, at night some of the bugs would get inside the tent and they they'd buzz around. They always bug you, right? Yeah, and so I would get bit. It Wouldn't really matter, but if uh stella gets bit or if beckett got bit like they they're not used to bug bites so man they had some welts on them it's like they had like a really bad case of chicken pox or something so this would be really good inside the tent to I think if you turn off
0: all the rest of the lights in your tent and you hang that from the ceiling yep. even even i mean without the light on it cuz the lights on the bottom right the lights on but the bottom but the, if you the just the use the body part of, of it light, yeah, it's blue purple. glow
1: and so, so it, like we always hang, um, like glow lights in the tent at night yeah. anyways, just to, in case the kids start crying or whatever, they're four and seven, they cry a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, this would, uh, put a nice blue glow in the tent at night and, uh, it would zap the little bugs, keep them off you. And so I think it's a really, uh, neat little nifty little, uh, camping lantern bug zapper.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's strictly an inside your tent sort Absolutely. of yes. deal, not hanging yeah. outside anywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you know what? It did, Looks it did, cool. uh, kill some of the bigger bugs. Yep. Um, the, like I say, the light, I mean, you just click a little oh, button it's, on the side. It's super and it's, bright.
1: It's got three different levels. The highest level is super bright. Yeah. And, uh, I guess it, it's on a single charge. It works about, uh, what is it? Uh, 20 hours, just the light, 15 hours, just the bug zapper. And then of course, less if you use both
0: yeah uh, yeah at the same time
1: but it's just a usb charging unit right Uh, so you know if uh if you only use it for like an hour or two at night to kill the bugs off before you go to sleep then then it's it's great i wouldn't leave it running all night obviously you'd be wasting no yeah you
0: just throw it up there for a little while and then you know till you stop hearing the bugs it's a neat
1: little rig i like it
0: i like it a lot Uh, and throw that in your uh, gear and take it with you on your next trip yeah. Interesting to see if it uh, actually works while you're hanging it from the.
1: And what was neat about it is uh, it's IPX6, so it's uh, it's submersible, waterproof, uh, it's just like some a lot of the new Samsung phones and stuff. So if you have a load of bugs and moths on it, you just submerge it and wash it off. It's uh, completely waterproof.
0: Did it come apart at all, or no?
1: No, it uh, the uh, as I'm showing Sean here the little. Soft light cover that diffuses like a the light. Little silicone cover. Little silicone cover comes off, but other than that, there's no. There's a. The only moving parts is the silicone cover and the hook that you can hang it from the tent with. Yeah,
0: the the hook is retractable. It yeah. folds into the into the, into the top. Yeah, yeah, that's just pretty cool.
1: It's it's a nice little rig and it's well built. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So yeah, let us know how it works. Uh, I will. If you hang it from the inside. Well, of your we tent. tried it in the uh, in your yard there, and it seemed to kill a few bugs, but. Uh, it, uh, we'll yeah, but I don't have very smart bugs in my
0: neighborhood. Yes,
1: so <laughs> I'm I'm going camping in uh, in September again, and uh, I'll give her uh, give her a try. Give her a whirl, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and you brought <laughs> liquid libations this I week. I did. I did. I did some a big stop. bottles
1: there. I stopped by Five Paddles Brewing. There's and, three uh, bottles there.
0: I do. Two are now empty. <laughs> I what? brought some samples over. <laughs> samples? Those aren't samples.
1: I came loaded for bear. I came with uh, with. Uh, Two different types of glasses and uh, some samples for. Uh, so one of them is Brother Ian's Belgian Four, fantastic beer. Yeah. It's a it's one of those yeasty, milky looking beers. So, but it's really good. There's. It's also, a lighter beer. It's a lighter beer, and the other one is uh, is uh, it's wine barrel aged Midnight Brettler. So that was that was a nice one. If you like a yeah. dark beer and it's kind of got a wine flavor, that was really good.
0: Yeah, well, it's uh aged in wine casks, right? Yes. Yeah, and, and then the we one that, haven't tried, and I like this one because this guy is one of my heroes, exactly. Bruce Campbell.
1: Yeah, so it's called Juicy IPA, Juice Campbell, Hail to the King, baby. So it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so if anybody knows
0: Armies of Darkness, yeah. that sort of thing. Then so that's uh,
1: their takeoff on Armies of Darkness. It's called Juice Campbell. We haven't tried this one. We will uh, uh, we can't try it tonight, but we'll try it... Uh, <laughs> try it another, time, <laughs> yeah, and, another uh, time and see how good it mm-hmm. is. But uh, yeah, so that's it. That's that's all that's new with you. That, that's new for me this, for now. All right, awesome. <laughs> Bug zappers and beer. Yes, we're in the bees this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came loaded. I have the glasses. I have the beer, and I even have the uh, five-paddle brewing uh, bottle opener.
0: I've got paper. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the studio, <coughs> so you know. Um. Well, if that's it, I've only I've got one topic here I want to talk about tonight. Uh, just looking at all the all the paddling stuff that's out there that we've been looking at. I mean, I was I was going through a couple of the websites with the big paddle expo over in Germany that was going on, the uh, paddling retailer show that's going on and talking about going to Canoe Copia and you're looking at all the types of you're looking at canoes you're looking at kayaks you're looking at stand-up paddle boards you're looking at rafts and all that sort of stuff if you could own as many paddle craft as you wanted
1: how many and what kinds would you own i don't think i'd be stupid about it Brad. i would <laughs> <laughs> but i think it would be nice to because right now i own two i've got a uh, it's a 1952 peter built in Peterborough, Ontario. 1952 Peterborough canvas over cedar strip and I don't use that one that's my nice little one i I've actually got to get it uh, refurbished but that's my my little cherry canoe and then I've got my uh my speedy little 14 footer uh, Kevlar holy cow canoe mm-hmm. so that that's my that's my oh I've got a white water kayak yeah so but if I could have Anything I wanted and I had the room to, the room to store Well, there's the problem right there. (laughs) Where do you keep it? They say,
0: aye, there's the rub.
1: But everybody dreams about, you know, people dream about, oh, if I could have any car I wanted or I could have any boat I wanted or I could do whatever I wanted. That's, that's one of those, uh, you know, those daydream moments type thing, right? Well, let's talk canoes (laughs) first. Sure. What, now you've got,
0: you just got the two canoes. One's the old style. Now I'll agree with you. I would love to have an old cedar canvas canoe. Yes. You know, just for the history aspect of it. Exactly, yeah. You know, get out there paddling and it's not a, you know, it's just a nice lazy paddle sort of something. Yes. You know, or if you're, if you're feeling nostalgic.
1: Yeah. That sort of thing,
0: right? So, yeah, I would love to have an old cedar canvas canoe, that sort of thing.
1: They're nice to have. They have that, the, the wood, the wood warmth, the history, the just nice paddling something nice and sturdy. You don't want to portage it too much because they're, no. <laughs> they're rather <laughs> heavy, but it, they're a nice canoe. You just feel good paddling it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like you say, with the Peterborough canoe, you got that history that's going on there too, right? Yeah. So that's something else. You're, you feel like you're, yeah, you know, I was, I was meant to do this and. And you're, you're paddling something that's been paddled by how many people on how many lakes over how many yeah. years, right? The history I mean, you're talking 60, 70 years sort yeah. of deal, right? Um, so yeah, I would definitely, definitely have one of those. Now I've got the solo, uh, Swift Osprey. I've got one of those, and that's for my solo trips that I do. Cause I didn't want to paddle mm-hmm. a full, Now I used to have a freighter canoe.
1: Now you, when you went, we went with camper Christina yeah, We uh, did that trip with her and you paddled your solo and I had to ballast my 14 footer. My 14 footer is really, light. it's only about 42 pounds and it's really hard unless I, I, you know, tip it on its side like, uh, Becky Mason does, Becky that. Mason yeah. and stuff does, but it was, we came across, uh, what was the name of Head it? Head like, Lake. Head Lake. So it was really windy and I had to, I put my uh, dry sack, filled it with water for ballast in the front to keep the nose down, but it was still very susceptible to wind. Mm-hmm. But yours, like I was surprised how effortless your solo canoe paddles. The, the
0: canoe, buddy. It has to do with the
1: canoe paddler. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but you, it's low profile to the wind, yeah. I think was the big thing, right? Yeah. The, the Osprey I found always...
0: You, you'll find a sweet spot if you're cutting across the waves in the wind, mm-hmm. there's always that one sweet spot. And if you can keep that angle, oh. Yeah. You don't even have to do effortless. any. Absolutely effortless. No
1: steering strokes. Or yeah. But,
0: it, but there, there is times where it just wants to automatically turn itself right into the wind. Yeah. And then at that point you're fighting it a bit, but yeah, going across to head lake there, I found that one sweet spot and it just happened to be. When we'd say, see that, because we pointed out that big tree that was on the far that shore. That we were aiming for, yeah. And that just happened to be the sweet spot, and I just made a beeline right for
1: it. So for you know? for yours, it wants to turn into the wind. Mine, yeah. it wants to turn away from the wind. Yeah. So the the nose, that I've it's got high size. Like, my, I've, it's a, uh, the, the canoe design that I have, it's got really, a side the sidewalls are really high, so it catches the wind. Mm-hmm. It's got a huge keel, so it tends to be hard to steer and turn. And so it... Uh, It was a bit of a pain in the butt trying to get across Head Lake with the wind. It was gusting pretty huge, like 30 to 40 uh, kilometers an hour. So it was, uh, if I, you know, when I'm in that canoe with two people and uh, I've got somebody in the bow paddling as well, no problem. But it's not so good in wind solo, which helped with the ballast of the dry bag filled with water and.
0: Yeah. Now the Osprey also has a, a movable seat, right, an adjustable seat. Yeah. So you so can, I can move forward and exactly. backwards, sort of yeah. deal. And where I had it was it just high, perfect. Was perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect.
1: So yeah. So if you could have, if I could have another canoe, it would be, I would love to do a solo because I do a lot of solo tripping, mm-hmm. and I often carry all my gear in the nose just to keep the nose into the water so that the wind doesn't affect me.
0: And that's exactly why I got the the Osprey is. That way, I'm, because like I say, I, I had a bigger canoe before, and you're just piling all your gear at the front, at the front, just because I mean, you turn the canoe around, and you're actually sitting in the front seat with the back,
1: yeah, as the yeah. front, right? Yeah,
0: but um, yeah, it, and it would catch the wind, and I remember being on Bice Lake one day, and it just spun me in circles, and I had so much weight in the front, and I'm just like, oh man, and then yeah, I. I'd, when I went out to buy another canoe, I'm thinking, well, we've already got one. It's great with two people paddling, yeah. but if I'm by myself, so why don't I just get a solo canoe? Yeah. And I tested a few of them and that was the one I came up with that I, li- I liked the most. Uh, so that's definitely having that solo canoe. Absolutely. yeah. Definitely yeah. on the list. The flat water tripping canoe. I mean, I got one. I got the, pro- the, the prospector. Yep. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that's pretty much everybody sort of got, starts with that. Yeah. When My- they first get into... Yeah. To canoeing. I mean, my, they end up with some sort of cottage canoe. My
1: 14-footer is sort of like a prospector design. It's mm-hmm. got that, it's got the the, the the flat bottom, the, you know, it, you, you don't have much of a tumble home. It's uh, asymmetric. It's it's a decent design, right?
0: Yeah. And I mean, mine's a 16-footer and it, it holds quite a bit of, uh, you know, gear and, and two two people or three people, a dog, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, But yeah, I mean, I can say that's that's to me is a starter canoe, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Yeah. If if you're not getting into the the cheap, cheap, cheap fiberglass, hundred pound yeah. cottage canoe, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're looking to do canoe tripping and stuff, I mean, you're you're Absolutely. looking at something like a prospector or or something. You know, if, unless you you got the money to be spending on like really lightweight stuff. Yes. You know, but I mean, if you're just starting, chances are you don't know all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Yet. And and that's what we're, we're looking probably in the next year or two, we have to buy another canoe because we're the 14 footer with all our gear and two children. We, we are, we, we are already grown, outgrown the 14 yeah. footer, right? Yeah. So and people always look at us. They can't believe that we carry all our gear and two kids in a 14 footer. But this thing, this thing is, uh. It uh, it loads up high. It uh, It's pretty good. Like we had so much stuff in it on the last trip with the kids. And we still had about six or eight inches of freeboard on the sides. So we were doing pretty good. You could also
0: get one of those inflatable rafts and tow it behind you and throw the kids in there. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's an option. <laughs> that's yeah. not going to happen. You don't have to listen to their whining. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, so the solo canoe and the flat water tripping canoe are... are I mean, I've got those. Those are my two. What would
1: be the ideal size for a flat water tripping canoe? Like a lightweight Kevlar? 16
0: to 17 16 feet. To 17 I think. Foot? I don't think you need anything. I mean, if you're going on a massively long excursion, yeah, you know, 17 plus. But yeah. for for the majority of people doing like camping, like a 16 footer yeah. to a seven. You still need it lightweight
1: enough for not to be too much of a hassle on the yeah. portages. And,
0: and you really want to be, I mean, you get that extra foot that you're, I mean, if, if you're going to some places on portages that you know your bushwhacking and stuff?
1: Yeah, bushwhacking or you know, or yeah. Like I mean, the Tim River in Algonquin with all the turns it has and yeah. yeah, you don't want anything that's too excessively long.
0: No, I've been on a couple of those twisty turny rivers where my old canoe was uh, just over 17 and it was like driving a tank through Walmart. <laughs> I mean, you're the, the turns were yeah. I'm sure there was a couple I had to do 3-point turns just to get around the corner, you know, in that thing. Yeah. But the newer canoe, I mean the 16-foot just seems to be the perfect length. Yeah. You know, it's wide enough. Like I say, the prospect, I mean, that's what it was built for, right? Mm-hmm. So now white water.
1: I don't do whitewater. And however, yeah. I might get into it. I'd like to get more into whitewater canoeing. And I've so far I've done just light whitewater. I've taken the course at MKC and so every every fall, me and a couple guys at work we go and we go up north of Sudbury on the Sturgeon River. And, and so we hit some small whitewater sections and, and Pierre has so many patches on his Kevlar canoes because we take his Kevlar yeah. canoes down these whitewater sections, right? So we keep patching them up and he keep they get getting heavier and heavier. So.
0: Well, and that's what I don't want to get into is yeah. doing all that patching, right? Yeah. I mean, you so want a canoe that's going to last.
1: Now it. with, uh, with whitewater canoes now, they've stopped making What? Rolex, so Rolex, Rolex has gone yeah. the way of the dodo now
0: I like Novacraft what is it novacraft has
1: the tough stuff
0: right okay so they've made their I think toast the tough stuff yeah so yeah they've got their their equivalent yeah and I mean that's what David Lee and Jim Baird use that sort of thing okay I mean if they're using it then I I think that's the yeah I mean
1: because just see where they're going I have still heard a lot of companies lamenting the loss of Royal X because apparently Royal X was really fantastic. And I've done that when you, when I did courses with MKC, we used MKC boats and they have all the old Royal X ones, right? And I don't, nobody wants to sell those things now because you can't replace them. Because you can't replace them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I think I would go Nova Craft.
0: They've they've got a good name. They've got, I mean, like I say, the people that I know that are into it. And that's the thing is everybody I used to canoe trip with we're all flat water paddlers. Mm-hmm. And then over the last couple of years, it seems everybody People I know. slowly migrated to white they've, water. They've migrated. Yeah. And now you're sitting there going, oh yeah, we're going up, we're doing like, you know, this this river and 80% of it is white water. Yeah. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> 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 I, I can't do that. I, apparently I didn't get the memo, <laughs> right? Or something. But yeah. now, you know what? White water has never really been my cup of tea. But the more and more I'm, I'm looking at where these guys are going and what they're doing, I'm thinking, you know what? I'd like to try that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get in. I mean, there, there's, you know, a couple of things. I mean, I wear contact lenses, right? So that's right off the bat is something I've got to worry about. Yeah, exactly. You is. know, but for actually getting in there and, and doing it, I think once I got into doing it, yep. uh, yeah, I think I definitely have that. Well, it's a lot of canoe. fun. It's,
1: there's a lot of thrill and. There, there's a lot of technical aspects of it. You're not just blindly paddling across flat water. So you, you, every time you hit some swifts or, or you hit a whitewater section, you, everybody piles out. You, you walk down the rocks. You have this big powwow. Everybody discusses all the different aspects mm-hmm. of the whitewater, the lines you can take, the river right, river left, all the concerns on. And you know, you, you talk, you discuss. Well, this is where we can place somebody with a throw bag and a line in case somebody dumps and so be right. pre-prepared. Well, that'd be if you know, Sean dumped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's a, uh, it, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot more interaction with your, with your group, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot more interest and, and I've, I've done a f- uh, the course, I've done a few whitewater sections and I want to get into doing some longer river sections. Like uh, we know, uh, at least two groups of people who've done the mountain river this, this summer. Year, yeah, yeah. This year. Yeah. So Jim Baird and, and, uh, Tori, they went up and did the mountain river. Yep. And David Lee, Martin Garster, and a couple other people, they did the Mountain River. Yeah, and, and uh, with Jim,
0: I think it was Brother Ted went as well and his oh, girlfriend. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah.
1: So, they, yeah. Oh, yes,
0: they did. Yeah. Yeah. And David Lee did the... Oh, I'm just drawing a blank. Was, wasn't the U, was it the Yukon River a couple of years ago? With oh, Parks yeah. Canada? Yeah. Wasn't the Yukon River? What I'm drawing a blank now.
1: Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. But they he, did the yeah, they black did that. feather. Yep. And, yep. and the same guy who did my whitewater canoe course, mm-hmm. uh, he, he did, uh, David Lee's, uh, with him. Trip. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's doing all that stuff way up North and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, even still, well, what, after you guys did, uh, the Madawaska canoe center, uh, Mike Burns, when we did the Brent run after that. Yeah. You know, there was one section of the Brent run where we were going to portage and you looked at it. And next thing I you know, we're halfway down. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I don't do whitewater.
1: You, <laughs> you do <are> today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I said, we're going to, I thought you said, we're going to look, not do it. Yeah.
1: Well, you, you know? know, if you have a decent stern paddler, you can pretty much get through anything, right? Just as yeah. long as the, the bow paddler can help a little bit with well, steerage you Well, know Yeah.
0: I mean, I've been, I've been paddling long enough that when he's yelling, you know, paddle this, I paddle that, I draw yeah. Brian, exactly, whatever. Yeah. Then I'm I'm doing it and we got through no problems and didn't have to portage yeah. watch the other guys portage. <laughs> I wouldn't I'll never portage again.
1: <laughs> Me, my wife and the kids when we went uh, when we were on our trip, there was a small section of white water that uh it was very mild. There was hardly nothing to it, but it, there was this large tongue coming out of some whitewater section. So we just came up to the base of the rapids and I was just, I just turned into it and it carried us down, right? And Siobhan <laughs> <Shimon> apparently uh <laughs> I said okay to the left paddle to the left and uh she said what I said paddle to the left what do you mean it's like oh <laughs> by then it was too late and we came right up on a rock the, no, the bow of the canoe came out of the water and we were fetched up on a rock so I had to wait until the stern came around in the current so I could hop out on a rock because it was about six or eight feet deep there so it was all tippy. The kids were screaming. Siobhan, the first thing she did was th- she threw her paddle overboard. She squeaked and threw her paddle overboard and grabbed the gunnels. And it's like, well, that's well, no I'm good. going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Turn on the engine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was bad. It was so bad. But yeah, she she just... She just squeaked and threw her paddle overboard. She jumped out and said, I'm out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Walked ashore and stormed off. So after I jumped onto a rock, (laughs) I pulled the nose of the canoe off. We got back in, we paddled down, got the paddle, but I didn't let her take the paddle. I took the paddle. I kept the paddle for the next 20 minutes. And (laughs) (laughs) I said, no, you're not having the paddle back. (laughs) You threw it away. It's not yours anymore. I claim it. She was a little miffed at me that I didn't give her the paddle back. But <laughs> she, I she think she would have been miffed that you're zipping everybody down the rapids without <laughs> no training. But it was such mild rapids; there was not, hardly nothing to it. It was it was riffles. That was it. <laughs> riffles. It was so riffles. Well, yeah, she was a she squeaked and threw her paddle overboard. <laughs> it's like, oh, what are you doing? Oops! <laughs> you need that. Well, so. <laughs> if I get into white water,
0: definitely I think I, I think definitely need a white water canoe in that garage with yes. the rest of them. Yes. Um, I needed to take a course. You know what? And and uh, that's definitely what I'd be looking at is doing a, a course with Madawaska Canoe Company or, you know, maybe in conjunction with people that paddle all the time. Yep. So going out with David Lee. And, yes. Cause he's yeah. even said, let's go Kevin Callen, Yeah, And you need, Jim if Bear. you're going
1: to do some of these bigger courses, you need to build up your experience before yep. you do the course. And, uh, and that's what Martin Garster did. So he, he took the MKC course with me and then he did a bunch of smaller trips with David Lee and with other people to build up his experience level. And, and then, then took he the went. Big, big one. And then he went out on the mountain river and yeah. I, I've watched a bunch of his videos on Facebook now. He's been posting a lot since he got back. And some of his sections are, are like big waves. Yeah. Like no rocks, just really big waves. And
0: see, I think it would be a while before I would want to be the stern paddler in Whitewater
1: yeah you need you need some you, you know what when you do the course they make you switch back and forth they yeah. want you to experience in both sections of the boat right Wh- which makes sense well it's because... just because
0: you can always blame the guy in the stern <laughs> <laughs> well the stern guy always blames the bow guy well, you know <laughs> but yeah that's i think that's i i, I think maybe next year i think yeah. that's i'm gonna go from a flat water to a white water yeah.
1: paddler it's it's a skill set that it's it's nice to have yeah. Because even if you're just on a normal trip, there's a lot of times where you, you, might hit a very, very mild whitewater section that, that you're, you're not, it's like normally you go, well, I don't know if I could do that. If I'm going up river, I might line it, but I don't want to run it down. And, uh, so after a little bit of experience, like you said, when you, uh, when you did on the, the Brent uh, run. on the Brent run yeah. with, with Mike, that you guys ran this section that you never thought you would have done. Mm-hmm. So, and afterwards you go, oh. Well, that I wasn't think Mike Burns was all. just showing off. <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: yeah. I mean, with 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 smaller little sets of rapids and stuff, I mean, you look at it. I mean, I look at it now afterwards, after we were out there and I'm just like, it really wasn't all that bad. Because yeah, he knew, he knew yeah. the line to take and, and you know, where we're going, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: because once you once you have a little bit of experience on your belt and you, you start to build on out. that experience, you figure it out and it becomes a lot safer. Yeah. Right? So, it's the unknown that's the dangerous part. If you don't know what to avoid, if you don't know what a rock underwater looks like, then that's, that's where you can run into trouble.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I've studied that over the years. I mean, not deeply, but you know, trying to remember, okay, well, this is where there is, look, there's a little V there and that, yeah. or, there's a shelf over there and so But I... I
1: I have trouble visualizing it from the boat itself. It is, it is very difficult. And uh, so that's why you always have to get out and scout. Mm -hmm. So if there's a section of whitewater that you're not unfamiliar with, then you have to go pull ashore and go for a Scout walk. Scout it out. And, and you've got to remember it it's all It's a too. great opportunity to pop out and have a little chat, have a little break, well, discuss yeah, it. Yeah. And, you know, because often with, if you're with uh, two or three other boats, then you, you really only talk to the people in your own boat. And once in a while you yell across somebody on another boat. But here you get Or at everybody... the beginning of end of portages. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So here with Whitewater, you it's a lot more interaction with social. the group. And it's a lot more social. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. makes a huge fun aspect and the excitement of successfully running a whitewater section, or even if you screw it up and you swim, that, that's funny too. You get to poke fun at all the people around the campfire. That a night. loser. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's very, it's, it's very interesting. It's a lot more exciting, obviously, than just plain flat water. And, you know, flat water has, you know, its aspects, it's relaxing and, you know, you get a decent exercise, you get lots of sun and mm-hmm. where whitewater, you get the heart going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. I I've, I'm I'm
0: definitely leaning towards getting into that. Yes, like I say, because there's a lot of people that I know apparently got the memo that I didn't, and uh, <laughs> have gotten into it over the years. And I'm just watching some of the some of the places to go, and there's places that i like to go that you think, man, that just the country, the the scenery, beautiful. Oh, absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. And then you're looking at the river, and you're going, okay, well, you got to have these rapids and those rapids and these rapids and those are. I can't like, do that. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I'd be, I'd be spending 80% of my time portaging. Yes. So what's the point? Yeah. Right. So we'll see. Um, the last type of canoe is sort of a, I, I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of them lately. The skin on frame canoes. We saw them at the quiet water symposium yes. along with the kayaks. And uh, me Cranford and Christina had one. Yeah, we saw, I saw them. them
1: up the 150 for 150. There was a yeah. builder there and he's one that, uh, Backcountry to... Canoes. Yes, he loaned yeah. one of his to Camper Christina. I didn't get a chance to try it and i had meant to try it when we did that uh, when we did that day trip with Camper with Christina. With Camper Christina, yeah. But I never got around to trying, but I'm not sure if I would want one. I think it would be a um it's a, day trip. a novelty.
0: Yeah, it's a novelty, a novelty, novelty item to have if you're right into canoe collecting I had the space. Yeah. But I don't think that I'd go and out and I say think, I've gotta have
1: one. Yeah, and I think you would build your own. As this is not yeah. I don't think this is something you'd go out and spend the twenty five hundred bucks and buy one, right? No. You'd uh, you'd spend the five or six hundred bucks on material and make one yourself, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the last one I that I've I've got here is is uh the skin on frame. And I don't think that would be one that I would no I, I would get.
1: You know, I can guarantee that I wouldn't get one. I guarantee
0: you I'd put something through it.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I've 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 run my uh, little fourteen footer up on rocks so many times, and and eventually in the next year or two, I'm going to have to start putting some more skid plates on because I'm I'm getting through to the point now where water can get inside. So like along layers. both
0: sides, the top, the inside, the <laughs> bottoms, along the gunnels. Yeah, a have massive to add, body skid have plate. Have to add eighty pounds. To yeah. the glue. <laughs> Well, let's talk kayaks then. I've only got two types of kayaks that I would get. The first one is a touring kayak.
1: Have you used kayaks much? No. See, I I used to live out in British Columbia and so Vancouver Island. And uh, we, we, the, uh, I had a lot that I could borrow. Plus there's a place where we rented from often. It's, it's a really different thing. It's uh, to be in a really decent sea kayak. It's uh, it's so relaxing. It's so quiet and, mm-hmm. and so efficient, man, you could move so fast in those things. And you get the nice, they get the rudder and it's such a, it's a, such a relaxing, fun thing to do. Like go do a two, three week a day uh, during the week or on the weekend or whatever, extended weekend trip. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. And I mean, because I'd enjoy the canoe tripping and stuff like
1: yeah. that.
0: That's why I say a touring kayak, yes. right? Because I'd be one to put the gear in and just you know,
1: go up in Georgian go, Bay, go up or in Georgian Bay French and just River or, anything yeah.
0: that doesn't involve, you know, portage or, or small portage or something yeah. like that. Right. Um, but yeah, just, just keep on going and trip yeah. as you go. Right. Stay somewhere one night and then paddle all the next day, stay somewhere and, you know, just keep on going. That's yeah. why I say a touring kayak. Yes. I would, I really, and I've looked at some of the one, the bigger ones there that, that these people use and they're beautiful. Oh, they're absolutely, absolutely. beautiful yes. looking. You Know,
1: yeah, there's uh, and th- so as far as kayaks go, though, like most people that I know have just these cheapo little plastic wreckage sit recreational, on top ones, sit or, on top, or just yeah, yeah, no spray skirt, just a plain old big old hole you yeah. sit your butt in, yeah, it's just one of those weekender things that yeah. you keep at the cottage, a cottage canoe or, or a cottage kayak. Yep. So that's the majority of people I know that has that. Like Same when, with me. When I lived out in British Columbia, everybody I knew had a had a sea kayak, right? Yeah. But here in Ontario, it's just, it's a whole bunch of people with-, uh, with It's just a little recreational, recreational kayak. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I would definitely, if I was getting one, I would be spending the money and getting a touring kayak yeah. with all the, Absolutely. the bells and whistles mm-hmm. on it because that's exactly what I'd be using it for. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be taken to the cottage to go fishing for a day. No, no. You you know, you'd just like, use a canoe for that, right? Yeah. 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 The
1: other type of
0: kayak I would be looking at would be like the whitewater little playboat sort yes. of thing.
1: And I've got one of them. I, I, I've dislocated a shoulder and I tend... I've got out of the use of it, and now, like the last couple of times I went uh, whitewater kayaking, it just it scares me more. I'm, I don't know. It's it's. You've turned I'm, into
0: a whining little baby. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What a whiner!
1: <laughs> but it's, it's it's if you're out of practice, unless you do it regularly, yeah, it's uh, it can be a little nerve wracking. Because they respond so quickly in the water, right? You well, really you see
0: these guys, uh, you, you watch the videos and these guys doing all the this the playboating and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and you're just thinking, okay, you can see how they're doing it and how they're adjusting to the waves and stuff. And then all of a sudden, he throws a big flip in the air. Yeah. yeah. Like, really? Yeah, you show <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that wouldn't be happening that beautifully when I was doing it. Uh, that's not going to happen. Because you know, there's going to be a rock under there. I'm going to find it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know what, like... If you were right into the white water and the kayaking, I'd definitely have something like that just to, cause you're going to do your, your, your touring yeah. and your tripping and stuff.
1: And then that's something, yeah, you'd have to go up for the day with your buds and. But see with, with playboats, with whitewater kayaks, unless you do it a lot, you can't, this isn't, whitewater kayaking is not something you can do occasionally. No, no, you've got to be doing it. You have to keep the skills up. It's, yeah. it's very challenging and very dangerous, right? So it's not something that you can just you be go fit. Out once a summer and. That's not, you just don't, it's not one of those hobbies that you do. Like you could do that with a sea kayak, go out once a summer. It's like, whatever. You're just paddling a sea kayak around. Yeah. It's like flat water canoe. But with play boating, it's, uh, well, that's how I met my wife. She's a kinesiologist and uh, I bailed out of the kayak during the MKC course and I turned both knees sideways. And so she uh, had to put me back together and that's how I met her. No. So if anybody's looking for a date, <laughs> yes, go hurt yourself. Go, go hurt yourself paddling. <laughs> hey, hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah, find yourself a new nice physiotherapist or kinesiologist to put you back together again. There you go. <laughs> it's it's <an> E-Harmony. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: but yeah, I mean, those were the the touring in the whitewater. And I mean, the whitewater playboy, If you, if you're going to get into whitewater, then, you know, then I definitely have one of those just to yes. try it a few times during the summer and Because I mean, there's like, like I said, we talked about day paddling. Yep. You know, you don't have time to go on trips or going everywhere. So you take it out for the day Mm -hmm. and you're, you're, you're doing it or you go out for an hour after work or something like that. Right. If you've got something nearby. Exactly. You know, so, uh, stand up paddle boards.
1: I would definitely have one of those. I wouldn't get anything fancy. I would get an inflatable one. An inflatable stand up paddle board. That way you a joke there, right? I'm not listening to you. <laughs> but seriously, like an a, a inflatable stand-up paddleboard, they're lightweight, they are sturdy, and when they're deflated, you just roll it up and you can store it in, in the trunk of your car or How whatever. How big would you get one? Because when we were out in Banff, yeah, they were, I guess, renting them out there,
0: and they had like five people on them. Oh yeah? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's they, way too big. We're paddling up in our canoe and we're seeing, what are those people doing? And there, we realized after a while, cause just the way it looked like some sort of optical illusion yeah. thing. You got these people coming at you and there's like five of them, like an adult, two adults and like three kids on this massive. On one board. Board. Wow. And are like, okay, you know what? Like in my opinion, that's not really safe, but <laughs> it's massive board. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I, I don't even know that I go, I, I can see what you're saying about the inflatable. Yeah. But no, I think I would just have a regular paddleboard that I can just throw on top of the truck, yeah. Zip down to the lake, paddle around after, after work one yeah. night, and you know.
1: And the 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 style and type of watercraft that you have really determines what you're using it for. Like like um, recreational uh, recreational boats, uh, play boats for water, stand up paddle boards. Uh, uh, you know kind of uh sea kayaks or touring kayaks they tend to be short day trip type things right mm-hmm. uh, whereas the touring kayak i guess you could do like week-long trips and stuff like up oh, in georgian bay when uh, me and mike did uh, the tour around uh, philip edward island we saw kayaks everywhere we were the only canoe that we saw the whole time freaks <laughs> But, you know, the the, the the type of craft that you get determines the type of use you're going to get out of it, right? Like a stand-up paddleboard, you're, you're not doing, some people might do multi-day trips, but they tend to be just a quick day trip, right?
0: But the thing with the paddleboard I'm seeing now, I mean, we did the thing about yoga. We saw the yoga yes. on the yep. paddleboards, yep. right? Um, and you're just paddleboarding, you're sightseeing, that sort of stuff. But I actually saw a video of a guy and he was like fly fishing off of, of a paddleboard.
1: Yeah, well, they got know, the bungee I mean, they're, cords they're on the very,
0: deck. Yeah, they're very yeah. versatile for you can tie for a day lot of,
1: activities. Yes, you can tie a lot of gear onto it, and mm. you could sit on it, you can stand on it. so, they're they're very versatile.
0: Yeah, so I wouldn't be spending like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds no. of dollars on these top Absolutely notch not. boards. No. I think I'd just get a regular entry-level board, and yeah. I think that would just do me fine.
1: Well, for most people, that's what you need. Just an entry-level board, just to try it out. If you decide to start doing some white water with a stand-up paddle board or you're going to do some specialty stuff, then fine. Go out and, and get something more half-decent. But, you know, an entry-level board, like 500 bucks, and, and you know, I wouldn't advise spending more than that just to no. start it out. I think you can go to Costco and get one for like 300 bucks. I don't know. When I looked at them last year, they—I was looking at the inflatable ones at Costco last year, and it was on sale for like five hundred bucks. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They—they huh. tend to be expensive, but you know, anything recreational, they—they they charge a premium, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. But yeah, I, nothing, nothing too fancy.
1: Yes. The only other paddle
0: craft, I think, and I mean this. We we did the the thing. I, I don't know if I'd, I'd go maybe inflatable
1: canoe or like a pack canoe. Yes. For northern trips. Yep. Right, because and that's because it's of spaces. the planes. Yeah. yeah. Access on the plane because any any of the small beavers or whatever float planes they are only allowed by regulation to carry one on the floats. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean I know I know some of the bigger planes like the the big
0: porters and yeah they, yeah they can throw a couple of canoes inside yes so that's different right? so they could do but, two or three inside yeah i mean if, if you got four or five go- guys going out and all their gear well then you're automatically looking at two planes yeah with big canoes yeah but if you got a pack canoe or an inflatable like uh sort of canoe then that just folds right down yeah. right I mean, that's like the foldable canoes. You see the, uh, the Onak and whatnot. Yes. That fold up yeah. into like a suitcase size. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden. That's you're, perfect. Yeah. You're, you got, you got that. It's yep. perfect, right? You got kayaks or canoes. Foldable. And that
1: gets you into the backcountry. Everybody on the same trip. You save a lot of money on, instead of like, uh, instead of the plane doing multi trips and it's costing you like, you know, Extra, extra, bucks a trip. extra, extra. You, yeah. You know, you're talking. That's a lot of money. Because oh, yeah. whatever you're paying it, going it in, really you're paying up. coming out. Exactly. Because, yeah. So if you had a folding or inflatable kayak canoe, whatever, then that gets everybody in on one flight mm-hmm. and all the gear on that one flight. So it's it simplifies the cost. Yeah.
0: When I was looking at uh, Banks Island, I know that uh, they use the pack kayaks where they take them apart. Yep. Full, you know, and yep. then you you build the frame and then put the everything yeah. around it, that sort of deal. And the
1: water you're experiencing on Banks Island really doesn't warrant anything really high tech. Yeah, there's so you're you not gonna get away rapids with a folding or or, rocks yeah. or anything. So you can get away with that, yeah.
0: yeah. Um the only other thing is maybe a, a small one two person raft for if we uh bike rafting.
1: Yes, bike rafting <laughs> right? I mean yeah. you want
0: a nice little one man craft that you can put your gear in and fold yes. your yeah. bike in there and, and cruise on down. You know, and again, that's you know something that folds up and puts in your closet, or your trunk, of your car, whatever. Yeah, right? it's tucks away no, in the, the upper. Takes year. no room, takes no yeah. space,
1: right? Yeah. So really, it's, uh, it, like you could you could invest a lot of money on stuff, but really it comes down to storage. And that's exactly
0: what the big the big thing is. If you've uh-huh. got the the place to store it all,
1: yeah, sky is the limit. Yeah, you go on Kijiji, buy a bunch of used this, that, the other thing.
0: Well, I think if I had to, with the space I have, I'll stick with my solo canoe. My flat water prospector. Yeah. Um, white water canoe. I can get. I, can, I got room for a white water canoe. <laughs> I'd get a touring canoe. Uh, or sorry, kayak. And maybe like a pack canoe. And then I'm out of space. <laughs> <laughs> that's if I want to store stuff in the garage.
1: Yes. But I got a big backyard.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's... no, I, I think that is, you know, yeah. Three canoes, a kayak. Yeah. And... Well, a paddle board and and uh, a a pack canoe, inflatable yes. or, or something, a pack canoe.
1: I think that would be my my collection. I would want like I like my fourteen footer. Mm-hmm. I would like a 17 footer for bigger family trips. Like my kids are getting bigger, so we're going to have to start taking two canoes. So I'm going to have to get something. So a nice, something bigger, a nice freighter that like a prospector or something that you could carry, you know, the I think gear a easier. good
0: 16 foot prospector would you go, do you guys pretty good. Yeah, I
1: think so. Yeah. But, uh, as far as anything else, I would, <laughs> I... Sure, we can fantasize about having whatever you want, but I would uh, I, I I don't think I'd have that many craft. Really? Yeah, I uh. think if I was going to do anything, I would have a a second canoe, uh, for daily use. Of course, my cedar stripper canvas Cedar strip. I tend not to use that much because it's it's really it's really old and it's got a lot of history. It's not so much for tripping, but uh, I would buy a pack canoe or a pack kayak. Yeah, definitely would, because that's something you could throw in the trunk and just go on a trip and, and not worry about the, the logistics of tying something to the roof or worrying about planes. And you could just throw it in the cargo of a of a plane, fly out west and do some tripping. And so, but for the most part, I think I would rent. Well, that's the other option. Yeah. 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 But then you don't know
0: who's used it. <laughs> yeah. You want to grum it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's take a quick break here, and uh, we'll come back. We're going to talk about what's happening this weekend. Yes. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, Grab a paddle and get on the water.
1: If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24 7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit wrvoradio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors.
0: Welcome back. Uh, Derek, this weekend, we are going out to the Guelph area to learn a new canoe skill. Yes, I'm a little nervous about it. You know what? I mean, that's you were doing, you did the whitewater course at Madawaska, which we've talked about. And you're always looking for new things. Um, We actually did a show on this last year. Yeah. It was was a while ago. It was quite a while ago. And just because it just struck a chord, it was like, this is cool. Like you wouldn't think that people would do this. And I started looking into it and I'm thinking, man, that'd be awesome to be able to learn that. And I was looking at different places and no one seemed to offer it. And then when I was looking at other courses on the Paddle Canada website, they actually showed that they do training for canoe polling. Canoe polling. And that's what we're doing this weekend. So drop your paddle, (laughs) grab a 12 foot pole. Yeah. And
1: you push yourself up and down rapids. Where have you? Where have I seen this before? Is that like, like say, I've seen. I think I've seen them do it in Venice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen the big old like gondolas in the or swamps whatever. of uh, Louisiana. The Okie Finoki. Yeah, <clears throat> but this is in whitewater.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can use it. You can go up and down regular water with yes. this as well. Yeah, but instead of getting out and um, lining, you know, portaging, it or, or lining yeah. it, there's actually ways that you can maneuver the canoe yeah. while standing. And have this, this big 12 foot pole and you're pushing yourself up and maneuvering that yeah. way. And I just thought that was kind of cool to see. As well, it's becoming a lost art form. And that's, that's what it is. I didn't it's, even it's know it was art an art form. Art form. <laughs> well, it's, is big over like in Maine and stuff like that on oh, the East it? Coast. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think through, uh, New Brunswick and stuff like that as well. Um, but yeah, and that's that's what these guys have been doing. They they load their their canoes with with stuff, and instead of having, especially if they're by themselves, you know, you don't want to be hauling all this stuff along a portage. Oh no! And they would just up and down the rivers with these. Now I saw one one video, and there was this old timer standing in it, and there there's watch him go, and he's in this white water, and he's just standing there. He's leaning on this pole. And whitewater, and he's not going anywhere. It's like absolutely effortless.
1: Well, what's neat about whitewater is, is it it tends to be effortless. If you can get the nose into a, uh, into a, into a wave, the flow just kind of, because the flow hits and flows upwards. So you're kind of downhill into the uphill section of the river. So it holds the canoe there. Yeah. And that's what this guy is doing. Yeah. So it's it's really neat and so it's the logistics of it the physics of it I'm very interested in learning how we're going to do this and how this is going to work. It's going to be an interesting two days training. It definitely course. is. We're going to we're going to do the basics the first day. And then do a bit of
0: intermediate stuff the next day. Yep. Now, they, there is an advanced course, which he says, you, you know, you go out and you, you practice your skills for a year or two, and then you come back and do that. So, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's farther <clears throat> down the line. But to get in there and start doing small, fast-moving water and, yep. and, and stuff is, is going to be really cool to do that sort of thing. Because, you know, uh, my gear, my goal is to never portage again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be hitting the Yukon River going up the wrong way. Yeah. Need one of those levitating
1: devices like on Star Trek. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you never know. Uh, but you know what? You're always looking at, at improving your skill sets as a paddler yes. and, and and doing different like I say, you know, use the different ways the to white enjoy water the sport. thing and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I I saw this and I just it's just something with it that just struck a chord and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I gotta try that. And for the longest time I couldn't find anybody that did it. Like I say, it's dying yeah. out. Yeah. And then I just happened to stumble upon it when I was looking at some other, uh, other um, courses through Paddle Canada, yeah. and so I, I just sent them a message and saying, hey, do you have any instructors? Who were you guys doing this? Because they list their 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 courses, but there was nothing listed there, and yeah. they just told me, you know what? Here's the guy's name, here's his address, you know, his his email address. Yeah. Drop him a line and say this is what you're interested in, and you know, get the the who, what, where, when, why, hows, and yes, so see so if you can set something up. So that's exactly what I did. I sent him an email saying, you know, I've, I'm interested in this, and you know, what would you you look at for how many, what group size and what's needed and all that sort of stuff. Yes. And sent me back an email saying he'd love to do it because he's right into it, and he he wants to get more training, more people to to, to grow the sport, the grow the sport. Yeah, you yeah. Can just call it a sport, I guess. I, um, I guess. But yeah, you know, the, the, the method of, of canoeing and get more people into it. And if, if we get, so yeah, we ended up with five guys that are going to uh-huh. head out with them in the Guelph area next weekend or th- sorry, this weekend. Are you familiar with the ways of Guelph? They got water?
1: Well, yes, <laughs> yeah. of course they got um, water.
0: There, yeah, there's there are some white water sections, some nice actually, some nice rivers, yeah, up there with some nice water sections. Yeah, nothing too hectic or anything like okay. that. It's, it's like white water that you'd maybe go swimming in.
1: Oh, okay, you know, yeah. you, a little tubing, too or, serious. yeah, go tubing
0: yeah. down or something like that. So, yeah, nothing ma- massive. Um, but yeah, you bring your canoe, you grab a helmet just because you know, you're probably going to fall because you're not used to <laughs> oh, it. Oh, we're guaranteed yeah. going to fall. Um, make sure you have dry clothes because you know, you're probably going to fall. Because, <laughs> you know, as we said, yep. we're all going to die. <laughs> and yeah, we're we're, we're going to learn the skills to do it and going to have some fun doing it. I mean, you got to have fun learning, right? Yes. And uh, yeah, then, you know, you see what's involved with it and uh, come back home and get our own poles and <laughs> go try. Uh, yeah. I mean,
1: you can find stuff around here as well. well all it we takes is a nice, like uh, a, a decent small cedar sapling or whatever. You just, you just need something lightweight that's like 12 feet long and, and you've got your polling yeah. pole, right? So, and, and, uh, from what I was looking at online and stuff, people wrap the ends or you got some grip points. You've protected the point end for bashing yeah, on some rocks. Some people put and, like metal
0: around the ends yeah. and stuff like that yeah. to make them last longer. Yeah. Some people have total aluminum poles. You know, yeah, that would be that would be yeah. I wouldn't I, like that. I would prefer the wooden pole. Yeah. But regardless, we'll um we'll do some video and uh, do a little interview with the, with the instructor and you know, just find out why he got into it and all that sort of stuff and what what what's so great about, you know, doing the canoe polling that he he thinks is, is fantastic. Well, he likes it enough that he instructs it, right? So yeah.
1: there must be something there.
0: And why why people aren't doing it anymore. You know, if something like this, you figure people would still be doing it.
1: Yeah, historically, was there a lot of it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I, I don't know if maybe it was a trapper thing or, or what the deal was, you know. I'm sure he'll anyway. give
1: us a lot of history on it.
0: Yeah, so definitely we'll post some stuff on the uh, our Facebook page and whatnot and and uh, our uh, Paddling Adventures radio page and we'll be able to check it all out and see what we've got, uh, got going there.
1: We'll give you a comprehensive review.
0: <laughs> it's going to be fun. But in the meantime, um, check us out on Facebook. Find us on paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us, our past episodes on iTunes. You can find them on pa- uh, Player FM and Google Play. And if you go to the episode page on our website, you can find them there. Thanks, everybody, for listening.
1: I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.